The Utah RV Super Show is back at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, September 16th through the 19th. Join the big show Thursday and Friday from 2 to 7 p.m. and see the newest technology and latest trends in RVs. Question of the morning. Has the BYU football program arrived under Kalani Sataki? That's Satake. Satake. Say it authentically. It's like, it's not Beyonce. It's Beyonce. Yes, Sporty McTweedy says at Mike Baller 45. Yes, it's the premier program in the state now and going forward. Oh, I would stay in the entire West. Michael says, ha-ha, one win in 10 years doesn't make you the premier. Is it ha-ha or ha-ha? Ha-ha! It could be. Ha-ha! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Because you have Lady Gaga, Gaga and Lady Gaga and Kaka or Kaka, Kaka, yes, right. But why isn't it Gaga? You never really know. Tomato, tomato, right. potato, so potato. Lady Gaga and Kaka, or Lady Gaga and Kaka. It's crazy. Has BYU arrived in under Kalani Sataki? And Jordan says a while ago. Yeah. A while ago? Yep. Had never beaten Utah and you'd arrived? Wow. How about raise your standard, buddy boy? That's pretty low. You'd never beaten Utah and you've arrived? Clint says, yeah, about three years ago when they beat number five Wisconsin at home. No, 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 no. You hadn't beaten Utah. You got to beat your rival at least once, don't you? And the Wisconsin win was great, but it launched a seven and six season. That's not arriving. BYU's got a history. And we have people lecturing us on the history of the program. And it's no mystery. But this is under Kalani. It's not about 40 years. No. It's not about what they did under Lavelle. It's what are they doing under Kalani. Yeah, totally. Uh, But we got lectured earlier on. Well, yeah, you can look up the Outland Trophy. Stop it. Read the whole question. It's not when they did when Lance Reynolds was the interim head coach after they dumped Croton and hadn't decided. You won't count that error either. They didn't I, actually I, play any games. I don't count that error. <laughs> Largely because of that thing you say about not playing any games. I think they'll never have another losing season under Kalani Satake. Another losing season? But yeah. that doesn't match arrived, does it? Uh, that's, because the BYU that's standard the is above seven. I agree it's on the way. No doubt about that. You want to eliminate the losing season. I mean, they, they, you'd said two under Kyle Whittingham. Kalani's had one. They got to win on the road. That's the thing. That's the missing piece of the puzzle here. Kalani still got a losing record on the road. That's a good win. Arizona. But he's got a losing record on the road. Even the last three years, even throwing out the first two, and they were two and five on the road in that disastrous four win season. But they're nine and eight over the last three years. You're just holding the Coastal Carolina loss against them. No. I'm not fully giving them credit for all those UMass wins. (laughs) It's not just Coastal Carolina. NFL Stadium. Right. Right. What does that mean? They exactly. beat him. Do you realize UMass had Andy Isabella? The what? Huh? Andy Isabella? I don't remember Andy Isabella. NFL receiver, doggy. All right. One NFL player. All right. They were terrible. It was a horrible game. But, but Andy Isabella? Keep saying his name. Guy can fly. That would be awesome. What a skill. NFL scouts would totally make you the number one pick. If, well, if you true. can jump out of the gym, you can fly. True story. Right. If you can jump out of the gym, you should be the number one pick, too. 
Eh, it ain't about jumping, though. <laughs> you just swore over Rudy Gobert. Throw it down. Every shot would be goaltending. <laughs> you got to win at home, sure. You got to win on the road, sure. Yeah, you got to win. You just, you just got to win. I was surprised Kyle, uh, I saw that, he's talking about that, the crowd noise. I think we may be underestimating uh, the Ute guys that played last year, and it wasn't a real season. Didn't so have they, crowds. Yeah, they weren't in any form of environment. Nope. Empty stadiums. You could hear everything. Now, that'll be the most intimidating environment they'll play in all season. Well, they're not going to Oregon, so I don't know what's the next most intimidating. USC, I guess. But the thing is so large, and they don't ever come close to selling out. Yeah. Against the Utes. I know they get the fiercest rival ever, <laughs> but it won't even be close to a sellout, especially if SC loses again between now and then. Are you kidding? There'll be maybe 30,000 people there in a 100,000 seat stadium. That's nothing. It's not a 100,000 seat stadium anymore. They downgraded that baby. Yeah, they ate up a lot of seats when they built that massive, whatever they call it's it. It's still 80, 90. And you count the horse. I mean, that counts. <laughs> it's a plus one. <laughs> so. that, would, that would be awesome. <laughs> Sitting in the press box, and then the, the PA announces in the press box, announces the attendance, and you just yell from the other end, does that include the horse? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, come on. Tyson says it certainly feels like they've turned a corner. Well, if you're going on 13-1 in the last 14 games, that'd be hard to argue. Oh, I definitely That's the think they right turn there. the corner. They're not going to have a losing season again under Kalani Satake. But is that good enough? I believe that to be true. Well, they're not going to run out a string of seven and sixes. Can they win nine games this year and ten next year? And have 30 wins in three years? I mean, I don't even know what their schedule is next year. So uh, I know there's a lot less P5s, but I have to see how many oh. good G5s they have because those yeah. teams can be good. Uh, they win Saturday. They've got an excellent chance at nine wins. Most definitely, they've got a chance at nine wins this season. I think you would agree on that, too. I do. I think they already have a good shot at nine wins. I thought the three hardest games on paper, which is always risky, but that's all we've got to go on in August, especially when camps are closed everywhere to everybody except ASU. Utah, ASU, USC, those were the three games. Yeah, those are the three games that look like the hardest games on paper. I think now for a team that hasn't won on the road, you got to go to Baylor and Washington State on consecutive weeks. How's that going to work out? Are the Broncos going to get them? Probably shouldn't be taking that for granted just because you've won two years in a row and worked them on the blue turf last year. There's other tough games in there. But they're at the point now where if they split those tough games, that'll get to 9-3. and three. So you got them at 9-3. and three. Wow, man. You got them at 9-3, and three, you got them at 8-4 and four still. Because you had them at 8-4, ha- but you had them at 8-4 losing to Utah. I'm going to stick by my prediction. I'm not going to okay. change my prediction. One loss, one win. That's not much of a predict- prediction if you're changing it yep. after one loss or one win. No, I'm It was a big firm. win, but it was home. And a lot of the challenges have been on the road. And yeah. I had two really good road wins last year. Uh, the comeback at Houston, they're in a little bit of trouble. They were wobbling there in the second half and finished strong. That was good. And obviously, blowing out the Broncos, that was big time. That was a really good win. Sure, but I don't count it as a full win. 
in terms of uh, full empty co- stadium, funky total season conditions. Yeah. That was nice, but everybody was playing it, so it it counts. But it's just like I said with Utah, all their young guys had never played in anything close to any any environment like that. Had yep. never, and we heard when we had Nick Ford on, he talked about the miscoms, the miscommunications. Yeah. You're trying to adjust the blocking scheme. Somebody doesn't hear it, so they don't adjust. Guy comes free, blows up play. Right. And Utah's going to face a similar environment down in Carson this Saturday. Similar to what? <laughs> the Ed? What we had in Provo? No. Similar to... The hornet's nest that is oh, Dignity Sports Health Park, whatever you they call it now. You walk down the streets of Carson. You know what it reminds you of? I've walked the streets of Carson. There it is. You haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I've driven to that stadium. I've been That's to Carson it. High. I've been to Dominguez Hills. No, I haven't. I've been to uh, Linwood. Linwood? Yeah. <laughs> it's a random place. <laughs> High school play basketball game we were broadcasting. That's a random place. Yeah. <laughs> Linwood, I know, but I'm just like, all the high schools in L.A. County I've been to, I'm trying to think if there's another one. I don't know that I... I don't really have any reason to go to L.A. high school games. I could have just you could have taken a two lot hours of, yeah. and I wouldn't have gotten Linwood. I think it was a section quarterfinal game. It was a big deal, so... I was in Santa Barbara when we went down and did a game. Uh, okay. And there it is. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> that caught you off guard. Yeah. Oh, well, I never would have uh, guessed that. Uh, Furthermore, I would ha- I couldn't find Linwood uh, today. I just <laughs> it's right over there by Whittier. <laughs> Which, of course, you know Whittier is the home in, of Karen and Richard Carpenter. I think of it as the home of Richard Nixon. No. Oh, heck no. He's from Whittier. He went to Whittier College. I don't care, but not nah, going to Whittier College doesn't make you. He's not from, from Whittier. Whittier. True, true story. Karen and Richard—they're from Whittier. <laughs> That's good. Richard Nixon is from Yorba Linda. And yes, I know that because I have family from right. Yorba Linda. Right? <laughs> Nearby Yorba Again, Linda. Again, I happen to marry into that family. You don't give us true facts. I give you true facts. <laughs> Karen and Richard Carpenter quoted are, a former producer. Look, are from the town and community of Whittier. That is a fact. It all began in Whittier. Bradford says, getting there, but not quite arrived yet. Can't keep the Arizonas of the world in the ball game and say we've arrived. Oh, beating Arizona isn't good enough? you got to blow them out. Is that going to be a turn into a classic, they had confidence, they had false confidence, and once they lost it, they had a terrible season? Arizona you're speaking yeah. of? Well, I mean, right now I could argue that uh, San Jose State's better than BYU. I don't know that, but if you're just going to go on, well, we hammered them and you somewhat struggled. It's so early that it's silly to do, but we do it anyway. And so who's yep. to say when we don't look back next uh, in December that San Jose State dominated well, the Mountain West? And I think if you, if, if you win the Mountain West, you're a good football program. I don't care what level you want to call it. If you win the Mountain West, you're a good football program. If you dominate the Mountain West, you're probably a really good football program. And who's to say that they don't do that? I don't know. They haven't even played a conference game yet. Uh, but they looked awesome early on Saturday night. They did. They just blew out the crappiest team in the conference. But it is the crappiest team in a the conference. They scored three touchdowns in eight minutes. Third one was a blocked punt. And it was off. And, and Arizona wasn't tackling. So. And, and maybe the uh, Cougars just needed a game. 
Well, and the Cougars were up 21-3, to and it looked like they were about to blow it, it did, open. It did. It did. Yeah, it did. And then Arizona got back in the game with the safety and the drive. Yeah, but what I think is really cool for the Cougars for this year, and we're taking a bigger picture approach on this question, but for this year, in both games, it looked like they are in control, it got tense, and they reasserted control. Yeah, so that is, that is something that you can really draw from. Both times, you needed scores, and you got them. That's impressive. Pressure's on, particularly last week. Right? How many times have we seen it? I put out a tweet. This is either going to end the streak or it's going to be the worst loss in the streak's history. True story. That's the way, the way I felt. Because they controlled. And it's also, oh, this other loss, like the one where they had the two-point conversion that they didn't get. A lot of people went to that. No, they didn't control that game. No, they were the ones sneaking back right. in at the they, end of that game. Exactly. And they had a nice drive at the end. Taysom let them right down the field to get into the end zone. It was very impressive. This game, they controlled. And when you're controlling the game, I think there's only two sports where you can control the game and still lose. It's soccer and baseball. You know, it's not baseball, football. Soccer and football. The only two games, sports, I think you can control and still lose. And they were on the verge of letting that thing get away, and they managed, they only needed a field goal, but they managed to get it. And I thought that was huge. Same thing the week before in Vegas. Started to slip away. I didn't think it was slipping away to that level because I didn't believe in Arizona the way I believed in the Utes. Plus, Arizona obviously has no history of dominating the uh, Cougars the way Utah did. So there's something to be said for Jaron Hall being clutch in the moment to get his team in position to score and get you that two-score margin thing that they desperately needed. So that's a positive sign. All signs right now for BYU football are positive. Yes, and I think the thing that you and I both draw on is that, uh, well, you might draw on private conversations, but just listening to Aaron Roderick at the podium talk about the players that they had to replace, uh-huh. you know, offensively, it's the quarterback, you know, is the biggest piece of the puzzle, but there were other sure. guys they had to replace too. Yeah. And he just, he's, you know, he was just calmly saying, I think we're in a good spot. Well, if you know A Rod, he's not. Per- the last thing he is is the blowhard you are on the radio. <laughs> That's like okay, that hurts. So, I, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know you're a blowhard on the radio. He's much more understated. Can you so say that enthusiastic? Quiet, that quiet confidence, Suck. enthusiastic, the loudness, the volume. I didn't have any of those things. Shut up. His his quiet confidence. I love the fact that you complain about the exact thing you're doing. That was well done. That was very well done. Uh, his quiet confidence. If you know him, makes you think, wow, he really thinks he's got something here. They so do. Not just him, but they. Right, right. Well, he wouldn't speak out of turn either. You know, if he's saying that, he does know what Kalani thinks. And not as deeply, but at some level, he probably knows what Tuiaki thinks too. Oh, he probably sure. knows what Elisa thinks, you know? Yeah, and oh, then he yeah, doesn't yeah, want to yeah. step out of bounds and comment on them, but you're going against them in practice. When we had Kevin Clune on, it was kind of the same thing about the quarterback thing. I mean, he knew... But he's new to the staff. He's a linebacker coach. He doesn't want to comment on the quarterback thing. But like, he's watched a lot of football. He's a practice. He's got a general idea. We'll let the people who are in charge sort that out and just messes things up when you cross those lines. But yeah. they, they all know. And his quiet confidence made me think, well, wow, they could be pretty good. Now I've seen him play the Utes. The one thing I haven't seen them do until last year, and they weren't 
road games to the same level because you're playing in empty stadiums or in front of a couple hundred gotcha. family. You're not playing in a packed place. But the Houston win was a kind of game that they botched the previous year. The Boise State win, nobody goes up there and hammers the Broncos like that. And, and maybe it is weird because they didn't have, and they were on their third string quarterback and they didn't have any fans at the game. It was a weird deal. It'd be what you won with their third string quarterback the year before. Well, you can't discount uh, what it was at 52 to what? I don't even remember the I score. don't even remember either. It, it was, was as much as Kalani wanted to win by. The thing that really struck me for BYU going into this season is I remember it specifically. 11 days before the start of the season, I had to be in Utah County for something. And I ran into somebody on the staff. And we talked for about 20 minutes. And this person told me, we got something here. Yeah. And if you know this person. That you, means something. A curious weight because they don't just pop off. Absolutely not. The person is very, very understated. And he sees me and we see each other and we're at a function. And we kind of give it, you know, hey. Hey, how's it going? And then we, of course, I on purpose gravitate toward him. <laughs> I'm a a little student. later on, I'm not, not, not right away, because right. I never like to just get in somebody's face. Tell me what you know, because they don't like to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? You gotta, you gotta be smooth. And 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 with this, coaches and ladies, I'm really smooth. It's just just the way it is. I mean, I I just won't go into it anymore. But just take my word for it. Thank goodness. <laughs> I speak for a lot of people. <laughs> and and so we have an opportunity to talk and actually we have an opportunity for me to listen to shut up and listen because this guy's telling me stuff and he's saying and I I really believe I'm pretty good judge of character and I know when someone's BSing me and when someone's telling me the truth he weren't saying hey we're gonna be really good we're gonna kick crap out of Utah no he's saying we like what we have and we we think that it could be Pretty doggone good. It didn't. It wasn't over the top. He wasn't trying to sell me anything. Mm-hmm. And I came away from that thinking, "Oh man, all right, I'm impressed. I got to see the. Pro- it's about the program. Hence the question: Have they arrived? Because it's not about an individual season. It is in the moment, but a program is something that is winning consistently." A season is what it is. It's a season. Colorado had a season. Boom. Coach gets fired. Right? Whoop-de-doo. Had a season. So what? Doesn't matter now. Arizona. They won the thing a few years back. Doesn't matter now. BYU, I think, has a program going. And obviously, a program consists of successful seasons. You know, that's for sure. So, I think they got something going there. And... I think that if they win Saturday, I don't know who on the team on the schedule they lose to. Now they're going to lose. I'm not saying they're going to go 12 and zero, but I don't look at any opponent and go, "Oh wow." No, but college kids don't usually travel that well, and when you've got to go east one week and west the next and play back to back road games, it seems to wear you down and mess with you. And, and that's happened to well good teams happen. in the past. Yeah, I mean they're going to lose, right? 
That's and injuries come, and Kalani's already pointed that out that they've been in this place before. Yeah, and they had NFL running back. Well, that's what it's about building a program, right? And he got hurt, and the running game wasn't the same after that. And they couldn't protect fourth quarter leads. That's what a program is. It takes care of those. It cleans those up. It covers up those blemishes. I mean, they lost last season, and they had the best team in BYU history, probably the best team that's ever played in the state of Utah. <laughs> Puts hand to face. <laughs> what? Nothing. DJ and PK, when we come back, get you up to date. If you missed Riley Jensen, Ryan Abraham, we will cover what they had to say about BYU and about USC, and we will do that, and the Utes, and we'll do that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Mason Wake with us now for our weekly conversation. You guys played one heck of a ball game. The streak gets snapped, and it just had to feel pretty good. From the first play, we just had that confidence that we'd go in there and win, and they've been the bully the last nine years. Coach Clark told us to stare down the bully, and we just weren't scared at all, and we just took care of business. Did you know you were going to win, or were you surprised that you won, and that added to the euphoria afterward? We knew we were going to win. That wasn't really a surprise to us. It was the fans that were surprised. If they would have felt the atmosphere during practice throughout the week, they would have not been as surprised, but we felt like we had nothing to lose. So that's just the confidence you got to have playing a good team in Utah. And the fans really celebrated after. It was pretty fun. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The John Watson Chevrolet High School Player of the Week Award is presented weekly to the top prep football players in northern Utah. This week's winner is Bonneville High School quarterback Coy Dixon. He threw four touchdown passes and ran for two more in the Lakers' 56-26 route of Umont. See why new and used car buyers give John Watson Chevrolet more five-star reviews than any other Chevy dealer in Utah. John Watson Chevrolet, your five-star Chevy dealer. Time to get you up to speed on all the stuff we have been talking about. We talked USC football with Ryan Abraham, publisher and owner of USCfootball.com, and... He said after the Stanford loss, it was clear it was going to happen. Just not clear it was going to happen that week. But there was no way Clay Helton was making it out of this season. Unless he went 12-0. Well, he couldn't go 12-0. Why not? But he had to go 11-1. Because they'd lost to Stanford. No, I'm saying, yeah, but that wasn't the Stanford loss that prompted. As you said earlier, it wasn't the Stanford loss that led that to it. That was the straw it was that the culmination. ended the coach's career. So the point being, whatever loss, it was coming. Yeah, they may have been wanting to, the fans have wanted it for years, literally at least four. But I mean, I think they're just they're chasing ghosts in a sense. I don't think they're going to get what Pete Carroll had. They had three big time coaches, and the other two are too long ago. Different era doesn't matter. McKay well, and Robinson had awesome runs. Yeah, and at that point, you know, you can have 100,000 scholarships, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Let, don't forget that Pete Carroll, the sexiness of the Pete Carroll era will never be. There's two NFL do, teams there divvying yeah. up interest in football. Yeah. Whereas it was USC and UCLA, and right. there was no other football game to go to. Well, it was USC. Right. And USC and USC. USC. Yeah. I mean, don't forget, Fullerton dropped their program. Long Beach dropped their program. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> they Cal did. State Northridge dropped their program. Yeah, they had dropped it earlier. <laughs> Cal State LA dropped their program. Yeah, but again, they didn't. <laughs> Long Beach and Fullerton were playing. Irvine never had a program. You got me there. 
so they were the show. They were the Laker version showtime. That's what SC was. They did. They got that level of sizzle. Yeah. And they created a rule that you couldn't have all these celebrities on the sidelines. Everybody and their dog was there. I mean, I can't tell you how many parties I set up with and went with Snoop Dogg. You two ruled the He's town. a Long Beach guy just across two bridges. <laughs> You're right in Pedro. Just two bridges. Right. You got the Vincent Thomas and that other one that goes into downtown Long Beach. I mean, we, we were neighbors. So I don't know that you can get that back. As I said, I just named you a bunch of schools that are tr- still trying to get the glory years back. Now, that doesn't mean they can't be much better than they've been, but I don't think they're going to get to the sexiness to that level. They were the show. So if you don't get that level of sexiness, if you win, man, you keep winning the conference. Clay Hilton won the conference once. And we talk about playoffs and national championships, and certainly SC fans want that and talk about that all the time. Winning the conference, to me, is it's almost, it's not totally, but it's somewhat arbitrary because it comes down to one game. Did you win one game? For, for, see, Pete Carroll never had to do that. That's my whole nope. point. He had nine games to determine whether he won the conference. And now, all of a sudden, it comes down to one game. If you play bad in one game, you didn't win the conference. Well, you just went eight and one. How do we know Pete Carroll would have won all those conference championships if it was a one-game deal? Because he lost games so rarely. <laughs> that, that's why. Right. But he lost games. He and did. I, he absolutely did. And, and, and rarely. So how many conference championships did he win? Well, I don't know. You can look it up. But if it would have been one game, I wonder if he would have won all of those. It's somewhat screwed up to be judging. It discounts what you do the whole regular season. Whereas for 100 years, that was the reason why you won the conference, was the regular season. Now it isn't that way. Do you for, realize that, that... Go ahead. Four outright titles, yeah. three shared, seven straight years... Five Rose Bowls, two oranges. That's awesome. No doubt about it. But That's do you realize right. Oregon, the year the huge take a ton of crap for losing to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And two weeks before that, Oregon, Oregon lost to the Devils, the team that the Utes dominated. Yes. So was it a singular bad night? Or was Oregon, if they would have played a nine-game schedule against each other, Oregon would have won all nine. So I'm somewhat hesitant to put everything on the conference title. But that's the goal, and you in the early days of the division were like, don't bother me with division titles. It's just six teams. you got to win the conference. So I've evolved. Okay, all right. So I wanted to know if you had evolved. <laughs> That's the essence of me. That's the so, beauty of me. I get information. I listen to people. I contemplate. I go to the mountain in prayer, and I come back with new information. Haven't you ever done that, smarty pants? <laughs> <laughs> Phrases I did not expect to hear during this show. I think the smarty term, pants. I think the term is called supplication, PK. 
Supplication? Prayer and supplication, PK. I don't even know what supplication means. It's what you're describing. Yeah. All right, let's just move on. You have Urban Meyer news? Yeah, he's doing New news for doing, the 930 listener. He's doing a press conference right now. Asked about the USC opening. Quote, there's no chance I'm here and committed to trying to build this organization. Unquote. I believe that. What the hell's he got to go prove there? <laughs> he's in his mid-50s now, isn't he? Yeah. Maybe late 50s. Probably, yeah. What's the point of that? What are you going to do that for? Isn't that a been there, done that? A little bit, but why did uh, Nick Saban do it? I mean, Saban had been good Saban at Michigan State younger. and LSU. He hadn't been that good. No, he had one title, not three. I screwed. Urban's, Urban's done, done that. Uh, Urban is 57. Turned 57 in July. So there's time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But right now, I believe him. Maybe I'm the fool, but I believe him. I think the truth is we'll see. He's 1-15 and and everybody's hating life inside the building and there's no hope and it looks man, doomed. They suck, man. This is the NFL, man. You can't turn it around immediately like that. You, at least give me like six, seven wins first. Yes, agreed. And then there's this, and now it's 17 games, everything's weird. But if they went 5-12, and 12, I still think that would feel like a step forward. Yeah, and then maybe the following the second year. But no, this is, this is tough to go from where you were to where you want to be in a season or two. Same thing with the Jets and these teams that are really down. We had on Riley Jensen earlier this morning. College football insider has BYU arrived, and he flinched at the word arrived. You could hear it in his voice. Well, when you say you have arrived, then you're just setting yourself up for beatings and disappointment. However, he did feel like they've taken a step forward and they're on the right track and the arrow is up. But don't use the word arrived. I'm much more comfortable using the word arrived. Because? Oh, man, there's a whole bunch of reasons. I think the program has matured enough. Go on our website. Go on to KSL. I wrote it. You have mature coaches now. Everybody on that staff is mature. And BYU, I am demanding, here to henceforth, now and forever, BYU staff is not an entry-level staff. It is not. You're not bringing in first-time guys. We are done with that. You're bringing in guys who have extensive experience. I'm over that. And the Big 12 is going to demand it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, I don't care what level. You know, it can be SUU. I don't have any problem with that. But I'm talking about guys who've never coached at the college level. And all of a sudden, they're, they're Division One assistant coaches. No! But, I don't care how great a player you are. Multiple guys. Yeah. Because Reno was on his first college job. Obviously, Detmer was. Yeah. Am I missing somebody? Was there a third guy on his first job? I'd have to go back and look at that staff. Well, it doesn't but matter now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Mike Empey had a ton of experience. Empey had experience. He had Kuhn around. was in his Kuhn second had, Kuhn stint. had a little bit of experience, yeah. yeah. And I'm not blaming those guys uh, by any stretch. It's more about BYU now. You're of the stature that you do not bring in first-time guys. 
you know, potentially I can live with it at the coordinator level if it's somebody like Jeff Grimes, who had been coaching for 20 years and had earned the right to be an OC, right? It's not two or three years. No, it is Jeff Grimes. And he'd been all over the country, literally. That guy screamed, my time to be a coordinator has arrived. I've earned that right. So that's one reason why I think the program has arrived. Another is they're in their sixth year, and at BYU it just takes more time. And so now you got, uh, let's see, you lose some good players, and then you got, uh, what's the guy's name? Peely at linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now's your time, buddy. You've been in the program a little bit. Now's your time to take off. Wilgar, now's your time. You know what I mean? And they appear to be taking that step. Yeah. yeah. But there are still hills to climb. And I think the biggest one is winning on the road consistently. And the numbers don't have to match what you do at home because teams win more at home than they do on the road. But BYU on the road, until last year, and you didn't have crowds on the road last year, they hadn't been good enough. I thought what they did on the road last year was pretty impressive. They lost... Obviously, the one loss was on the road. Navy, Navy was just in a bad spot. We didn't know it that night, but it's been a bad year and two games for Navy. And but I the, think Houston, the Houston and Boise State wins were, that's a big step forward for that. And if they would have had a full week to prepare for Coastal Carolina, then it could have been different. They right? beat them. <laughs> I'm assured of that. By what? My heart, and that's oh. what I go on. Good to know. Also this morning, in addition to uh, all of that, Riley talked Utah football. Quarterback didn't look good, looked a little rattled. But Riley said, if you hit quarterbacks and you break down the pocket, that's what happens to most quarterbacks. Yeah, but the good ones make something out of that, though. Speaking of Ty Detmer, man, didn't he live on that? Running around. Dodging guys. Feel the pressure. time. Somehow feel it. it. Eternal clock. Come up with a huge play. Threw a legendary touchdown against Miami where it seemed like he had 10 seconds to throw the ball. As he bobbed and weaved. It's out there on YouTube. You can see it. Bobs and weaves. And weaves and bobs. Weaves and bobs. And then finally hits his two, guy. Two Miami players took each other out on that play. <laughs> Yak is playing in his brain right now. Oh, I've, I've seen it enough. You can just yeah. get a replay in your head. DJ and PK, that's what we've been talking about this morning. Your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I can't believe today. Okay, PK, I bought three tickets for my wife and daughter and I for $100 each, but I flew to California. We flew to California, so it was equivalent of $400 per ticket, but it was really for them, not for me. I spent that type of money because my wife's hot and mommy gets what she wants. Lendright Mortgage will be live with us Friday morning to help you get the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance. Listen Friday morning and visit LendrightMortgage.com for more information. Okay, that's in response to you at 7.45 this morning saying, who was it? uh, 
Who was it that told you? A friend of mine, golfing buddy, said his wife got invited to go see this Hamilton spiel, but it was 400 bucks. And I thought, there is no, no way, way I am paying $400 to go see somebody sing and dance. It's just not happening, man. To be clear, I don't think there's much dancing in Hamilton. but there I'll is, never find out. There is singing. I spent that type of money because my wife's hot and mommy gets what she wants. <laughs> okay, first of all, you sound like you got a 12-year-old voice. Have you gone through puberty? <laughs> uh, or did you just suck helium there? What, what uh, do we got going more on? The, more of the helium. <laughs> That's not on regular speed. That's got to be fast speeded up, right? Yeah, come on. Kids back in the day, <laughs> no, that was this thing called a record player. <laughs> that was And you could speed. adjust the speed. Well, you can do it here, too. 33, 45, 78. You can do it with the records, yeah, but you can do it with our, our commercials. Uh, but that, that, that voice was... Come on. <laughs> Drop them first, man. <laughs> so then we got into, well, if you paid 400 bucks for a game, if you paid 400 bucks for a concert. No. And obviously there are people who have. You and I aren't two yeah, of them. Yeah, but I mean, so the people who can, what difference does it make? If 400 well, bucks doesn't matter to you, well, well that's fine, I get it. that's what's going on here. Yeah, but that's not our listeners. <laughs> that's the it's, big show listeners. That, those aren't our listeners. <laughs> people listen to us in the big show. No, they no. They get in their car, drive to work, no. listen to us. They drive no, home, they listen no, to No, no, no. Those people got money at the big show. Come on, man. No. Our our guys, I mean, we're meat and potatoes. We're, I told you, I'm an upper bowl dude. <sighs> yes, you did. I don't know if you knew what my father did for a living. What? <laughs> Why did you bring it up a time or a thousand over the course of the show? Because I'm damn proud of it. And like an idiot, I was embarrassed by it when I was in high school. So I'm trying to make amends. It's my own personal torture. That makes sense. That actually makes sense. Uh, the question of the day is, BYU arrived as a football program under Kalani, and Sporty McTweedy tweeted out as, yes, it's the premier program in the state now and going forward. To which Todd replied, you might want to hang eight, in a more, eight more in a row on the Utes before you say that. Oh, the eight, eight's the coming, man. The, <laughs> the, string, <laughs> the streak lives even though it's over. I wonder going forward, I can't say this, uh, but I wonder if it would be more like uh, Coach Mack at the end of his run where it was basically 50-50. Going back and forth? Yeah. That's what it was from 93 when Mack won and ended the 18-20, yeah. and 20, the right. reign of terror that Lavelle held over the Utes. Right. That's pretty much what it was until the Utes went to the Pac-12. I think if you add it up, they won 11 and BYU won 7. With, of the 18 games, probably at least 12 and maybe 15 of them going right down to the end. Depending well, on how you defend Coach right Matt's now. greatest game. accomplishment. Turning the rivalry He around. made it a legitimate rivalry, rivalry where others hadn't. And he and that's a, that's a heck of an accomplishment. I mean, besides the fact he's an all-around great dude, and he's basically Mr. Utah football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that he made that a legitimate rivalry, that is something that he should be honored forever and ever at that university and that football program. He made that thing something, whereas before it was nothing. BYU Boyan at Playoff Bogey. I don't think you can say it's arrived until BYU is in the Big 12 and is competitive in conference play. This is a very nice step, though. That's an excellent point because I brought up earlier this morning, you know, people were talking about Utah arriving. Well, Kyle hasn't won the conference title, and you said, yeah, but it's one game. And he did have a six-year span, and you got to stop it before last season because he didn't play enough games for this to measure up. But the six years before that, 
he'd averaged a little over nine wins per season. 9.1, 9.2, something like that. That's a pretty good run. And you've there is a level you have arrived at, which is why people write such nice things about Kyle, that and the fact of how he treats him. But they recognize if you're going to win 55 games over six years, you got to go. Okay, yeah, but the problem with the is, Big 12 is he can go, Kalani can go 11 and 1, 12 and 0, 12 and 0, and he hasn't arrived? In the Big 12? No. Last oh, year, no. this year, so, next no. year. No, what I was going to say is, what I brought up this morning was, are you going to be able to say that Kalani's won 27 games over three years or 30 games over three years? But even if he does that, crushes it this year, has another really good year next year, which given the talent on the roster, the schedule we're looking at, it's all on paper, but it's not a big reach. It's doable. But if he does it, then it's going to be, okay, now can you do it in the Big 12? That's what I said earlier. He's going to have a restart on arrivement. Yes. And it doesn't matter because at that point, it's going to be, what did you do now? Yep. I believe the transition will be smoother than Utah's transition. They have an extra year to prep for it. And to a certain degree, they've already been prepping for it as independent. They weren't playing a Mountain West schedule. They were recruiting and building to play these really good September schedules they've been playing. Absolutely. And because of missions, they're basically recruiting Big 12 right now, even though they still have another year and 10 games. When they're talking to kids, when they're texting with kids today, some kid texts them or whatever. Yeah, those kids likely are going on missions. So then they're coming back to the Big 12. And two, I think in the transfer portal, because you have the transfer, it's not just a grad transfer one year, you can get kids next year. You'll get freshmen and sophomores who will have their eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to the Big 12. I will play in the Big 12. And you can water down Texas and Oklahoma. And really, it just boils down to Oklahoma. It does. Texas was middle of the pack anyway. And they still are. And what is, really, when you think about it, I hate to say it, but how much has Sarkeesian won? Not much. What is he known for? The king He's of He's a seven coordinator six. at uh, Alabama. Well, my gosh, those coordinators at Alabama, they, they sure have had a great run of, they've been so fortunate because every coordinator at Alabama has been really good. Gee, I wonder why. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you call play, it's going to work. Yeah. The run play will work. The pass play will work. Everything will work. Yeah. you got the best players. Totally. All right. Coming up next, Hands and Scotty. We'll see you tomorrow morning.